Second and victory. It has been 81 days since our last episode, but we are back, and uh, football's here. Cannot wait to get into it. My name is Austin Nelson. You are listening to the Second and Victory Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Brett Batchelor and Chris Carter. What is up, fellas? How's it going? It a little summer break action. Yeah, we took a break, didn't we? Vacation yeah, time. Deservingly so. Needed it to, to decompress is what we needed it for. <laughs> I'm still I, – I wanted to get into it, but dude, I am – I'm still not over last year. I can't lie to you. Will we ever be, though? No, I'm still not over oh, 08. Man. I'm still not over the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm still not over. I'm doing, you, know, you know what I'm really not over is the Ravens playoff game from two years ago. That one still gets me. Yeah, that one too. Honestly, I know. that yeah. one still really gets me. Uh, What else gets me, man? You look back okay. at, like, all the, the past few – playoff losses there's like a couple plays a couple drives you're like listen if this happens you win the game yeah yeah i'll tell you uh this the cincinnati game in the covid year still gets me because we shouldn't have lost that game um honestly any game that the titans wear in navy white i don't feel good in that's what they wore against the jets that's what they wore against cincinnati so i have i told you guys before I'll never go back to the Hooters and watch anything Titan. <laughs> the first time they drafted Isaiah Wilson, the second time I was at a Hooters in Panama City, and they lost to the Jets. So I'm I'm done with that. That's a no go. The Hooters. Yeah. Game. I struggle with going to restaurants to watch games, but because I'm always like, I'm so just like like when the game's on, that's what I'm paying attention to. Right. And I don't want to focus on food, people around me. I just want to stare at the TV, or if I'm at the game, stare at the field. So. Yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah, same. I'm I'm the kind of person that likes to just be in my living room all by myself and watch a game too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm in, I'm that invested. I am too. I, I may go to Buffalo Wild Wings or like a art, you know, if you local a Sam Sports Bar and Grill to watch it every now and then. Have to have a good TV view though. Have at to. a place like that because it because because you could get the Titans game on a small TV because they're showing the Cowboys the Eagles on the big ones. You're like, dude. Yeah. Sam Sports Bar is that same? Is Sam's any good? I've never been there. And Sam's is fire. Really? Sweet and spicy. Jason pepperoni pizza with some fries. Ooh. He's right. That's the go-to's. Yeah, that's cash. Yeah, that's they got the good good uh line of sight to TVs, uh, good views. It's a good spot to watch a game for sure. But seriously, I think I don't know about you guys and, and Brett. You, I mean, you work for 1045, so you're there in the station all day long, listening, taking calls and, and he- hearing fans calling and whatnot. But man, I feel like this season is a, just a different buzz. Um, the city's this not, season, man, the city's yeah. not buzzing as hard as they were last year, the year before, and, and kind of whatnot. It's kind of like that loss stuck the ear out of the out of the fan base. They're more mm-hmm. nervous. They're way more nervous because last year felt like the year, you know, and. I think I think if the Titans at least win that first playoff game, then you know, I mean, it's the Chiefs or whatever, whoever they were going to play in the second round, uh, it would have been Kansas City. But uh, actually, it would have, but it would have been in Nashville, I think. But so, but if you lose that game or whatever, if you lose to a team that's supposed to be good, not some Cinderella team, I think it makes people feel a lot better. 
And really, bro, I just think it, it goes back to the way that you lost the game. It's the way that you lost that really sticks it in people's hearts. And this year they know that, okay, the Titans can get out of Tannehill's contract after this year. Will Malik Willis be ready after this year? Derrick Henry is almost 30 now. You just traded A.J. Brown. So that's why it's a little bit more nervous because people saw that window from, you know, 2017 to about right now. So people are nervous about if that next window is opening or if that door is completely shut and we have to wait another three to four years. I think there's another component too in that it kind of felt like it was it was going to happen for the team because of all of the adversity they overcame. Yep. Um, and then to to you know to have played as many players as the team had to had to use, and then to get to a point where you're the number one seed, and then it all come crashing down. I think compounded the pain a little bit. On top of that, you're the number one seed. Derrick Henry's back. Um, the stadium. I mean, the stadium was shaking when they announced his name. I have a video of it. I'll never forget that moment. <laughs> and I think it's it's just how they lost. It was it, it was one of those Titans games, and it was in the biggest moment where they had one of those games, and it just it just couldn't happen. Uh, Tannehill Hill had one of his games when it just couldn't happen. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it, and they have a bad taste in the mouth. The fans do. do. I do. I think it's just now kind of like, all right, y'all, y'all, y'all had everything in front of you. You had the keys to go to the Super Bowl. You, it was laid out in front of you, and they couldn't take advantage of it. So now they yeah, have to I mean, earn our trust back now, and we'll see what they do. With, with John Robinson, with Mike Rabel, I will never put anything past them. I have all the faith never. in you guys. You're talking about the coach of the year uh, for 2021 with 91 different players. The, the guy knows how to coach. Um, so I know – whether it was last year's roster with 91 players or this year's roster, they'll still be prepared week in and week out. So I'm confident in that. Totally agree. I just, man, like two, two years ago, if you look at it now, I mean, the way the offense was rolling, the way the team was rolling, I mean, I mean, the defense this year has the, the chance to be, I mean, certifiably insane with the, with the players they have, the, the way that they played last year. Two years ago, if you look at it now, you probably don't think of it that way with how bad the defense was and how insane the offense was. And that's not saying the offense won't be good. But the overturn that we saw on the offense, the questions at the offensive line, now you know that you have the stability on the defense. But now it's okay. We know that Ryan Tannehill can win the football game. But can he win you the game? That makes sense. Like, he can get you there. Can he get you past there? And, I mean, that's that's going to be the biggest question. You know, like we said, no A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks hasn't played a game yet. Robert Woods coming off a torn ACL. Uh, I think the Titans are actually pretty comfortable at tight end for the first time in probably maybe three years, honestly. Uh, and that's going to that's play a huge role, I think, too, because Todd Downing loves using tight ends. And you can look back when he coached at Oakland as the OC when they were still in Oakland. So, uh, yeah, the offense is going to be a big question. But, I mean, it has, it has the chance to be good, but we're going to have to see, wait and see. We know Derek's one of one, um, probably the one of the, le- the league's ever seen. Um, we know he's different. But, and I'd love to get y'all's take on this, but I think this is the year the Titans need to start being aware of his of his pitch count. Um, I don't know how many more years Derek Henry can withstand 300-plus carries. Um, getting older on his body, we know he's a freak of nature. He's a workout freak. He, he's, in the, he's, a, he's a gym rat. But if we're being real, how many more years can, can we give him – the Titans give him 325, 345, 350 – 
the wear and tear on his body is, is I mean, it's, it's depleting. No, I'm right there with you. Uh, and Mike Vrabel said today that Derrick Henry won't play in the preseason, which I think is a huge blessing, honestly, because it's going to give Hassan Haskins a lot of snaps in, in this offense. It's going to give uh, Dontre Hilliard even more snaps than he got last year. So I think those kind of things are, are in Trenton Cannon. Um, those kind of things are, are important. Um, you know, I think live game snaps, even in preseason, uh, will, will help these these new guys to the team really get a better understanding of how how it is out on the field with with this unit. And uh, I think when that when it comes time for the regular season, when when Derrick Henry needs that reprieve, uh, we should have a a solid group. Uh, you know, depending on who makes the team back there, that can kind of take over. Um, that was going to be. That was going to be my thing was was Hassan Haskins and and how important that I really think he might play a role into this team because if they do take snaps away from Derek this year, I mean obviously he's going to have to go to somebody. Um, and you know last year, until Derek got hurt, you didn't have that guy because I think Jeremy McNichol showed you unless it was third down or punt return or a kick return, he wasn't going to do much for you honestly. And uh, so I mean that's why they went and signed you know four other running backs while he was still on the roster too. So Hassan Hassan is going to play a huge role if they do start to take Derek numbers, Derek's numbers away. So let's kind of dive into that. <clears throat> kind of the whole point of this, you know, our next few podcasts, we're going to kind of focus this, this one essentially on the offense, kind of give a, a training camp preview on the offense as a whole. We'll go position by position group and kind of talk about all, all of them together and, and kind of the players we'll see that, that start, that have a chance to make the roster, the guys that we kind of don't see making the roster at all. Um, so we'll start this week with the offense, next week with the defense, and then kind of go from there based on what we've seen in the preseason games and things like that. So a lot of football and, uh, uh, you know, left to go and, and things like that. But we'll kind of just start off what they have at the moment. Let's go with running back since we're talking about it. We talked about Trenton Cannon. Chris's guy, Torrey Carter's going to be back. Uh, Julius Chestnut. Hassan Haskins, we'll know who make the roster. Derek, Dontro Hilliard, Jordan Wilkins. That's like that seven? Is that seven? Yes. Yeah. Shout out Justin Mello for a great interview he did on Broadway Sports uh, with Tory Carter as well. Um, that's a good group, though. Like, there's a lot of competition, I feel like, there. What do you think? I, I can't see them having more than four. No, I can't either. Total? Yeah. Total. Yeah, I agree. And one of them would will never even see the field on offense if they keep four, most likely. Right. I, and maybe, I mean, I don't know if you, you – My gut is going to say Derek, Hassan, Tory. Maybe it's five guys because you got to have Dontrell, right? I'd say you can't. I mean, unless unless the other guys are just that much better. Because Tory, Tory brings that that return capability. But I mean, if they find somebody, if there's a DB, a deep DB that's better than returning, are they going to keep Tory? I think I'm I think sorry, not Tory, not Tory. Uh, Trenton Cannon. Cannon. I was yeah, gonna say I think the, I think the return spot's almost locked up with Trenton Cannon. I think I think there's there's two pieces of competition here. I think it's probably between Tory Carter and a fourth tight end, right? Yes, yes. Um, and then it's probably between Trenton Cannon and a sixth wide receiver. Um, Man. so when it comes down to it, like. It's going to be about who brings the the most versatility to the roster, specifically with special teams. 100% special teams. Uh, I think Tory Carter is a special team stud. 
uh, when he's out there. So I, I firmly, I, I would put like a 95% chance on Tory Carter making this team. That's a good point. And I think, um, and I think, I think this is a team that wants to be able to have the flexibility to use a tight end. I mean, I'm sorry, oh my a, gosh. a fullback. Yep. Um, so, but we know Derek's making the roster. Let's say Tory Carter's pretty much a sure thing, right? Hassan Haskins is making this team. They're not going to give up yeah. on him after after one year. So there's there's your th- there's three right there. So it comes down to you know Trenton Cannon, um, and and some of those other guys that are that are there. I don't see it. Julius Chess not making a roster. I, I can't. I'm see. I'm interested to see what he looks like in camp though. Sure. Who was oh god guys help me out who was if, the running back last year that we fell in love with in preseason? <laughs> hang on. Hang on, dang dude. We talked about this recently too. Um, dang it, man. Oh, I, I remember. I remember. It's Makai Sargent. Makai Sargent, yes. Yeah, yeah. Makai Sargent, bro. I love Makai Sargent. I mean, there's a guy like that we always fall in love with year every year, bro. And if it's if it's a I, running back this year, if it's yeah, if, like you said, if it's Julius Chestnut, if it's if it's a wide receiver that we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. That's the one thing that I miss about the about the four preseason games because I just loved watching the no names play in like games three and four and just falling. And I think, that, like, bro, what was, oh man, what was dude's last name? Uh, the guy that came in, tied in for the Bears, came into Nashville last year in the preseason game and balled, ended up making the roster. He made two one handed catches. I remember that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's like, that's the game that solidified his spot. But, but guys like that, it's so much fun watching them. So I think we can all agree on that. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a much improved running back room than last year, in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. I agree. Across the board, I like that you bring Hillier back. Um, he was very productive for you uh, when Derek went out. Him and, and him and Foreman together, which applaud them for the one-two punch last year, man. Yeah. Watch. Did you? I mean, did, hey, do, off topic, real quick. Do you think Deontay Foreman takes RB two in Carolina over Hubbard, or do you think they just use him as? I think a, he takes RB one. Okay. Oh. All right, chill out. All right, chill out. Texas. Listen, we know we know McCaffrey ain't staying healthy. Chill out, Texas. <laughs> McCaffrey's played like eight games in three years, so he he ain't playing. He's he not. Hey, but he's ninety. Say he's ninety-seven worthy on Madden. So whatever. Well, ninety-six. Not, not even close. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, all right, so we, I think we're on the same page there for running backs. Let's go back. Let's go. To, let's circle back to quarterbacks for a second. Uh, there's three on the roster. Will there, Malik Willis is starting week one. Will there, <laughs> will there be three on the roster come week one? There will. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I mean, I kind of feel like this season they're going to keep um, Logan, Logan Woodside he's as 100%. the primary unless backup. Unless he turns into Cole McDonald in training camp. Yeah. He'll be the, yeah, and, he'll be the backup. And, you know, I think, I think it's, I think this is really a situation where they probably want Malik Willis to, to have a year, uh, have the Patrick Mahomes year, you know. Well, be, bro, there's a good um, chance he could be inactive for a bunch of the games and have a yeah, footboard on the sideline. I think that's, I think that's very possible. I would love to see him get get a package a game, um, mm-hmm. especially with his deep ball. But uh, yeah, I totally think. But I think the good thing is, and we talked about this a lot. They needed to bring in competition and and a, a better talent into that quarterback room with Tannehill, and they did yeah. it. I mean, I think Malik Willis is a strong enough talent that he at least brings something interesting to that quarterback room along with Tannehill. And going back off, you know, piggybacking off that, I, I, I don't think 
we can talk about it enough this season on how important this year is for Ryan Tannehill. The but highest to make or break year. The highest cap hit in the league, if I'm if I'm not wrong. You're 100 percent correct. Right? Yeah. Six mil or something like that. And the Titans can easily get out of the 30, contract after this. I think year? it's 38.6. 38. Okay, I'm sorry. Something like, something like that. Um going back off last year, we know that 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 was not the Tannehill that we've seen the last two years before that. He was up and down all season. Um, yep. Does this wide receiver lack of weapons have something to do with it? Maybe. Was, was, was it 2020 peak Tannehill? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, is Ryan Tannehill last year really the Ryan Tannehill that, that, that he is in 2019, mm-hmm. 2020? Would he just excelled based off Arthur Smith? Maybe. Okay, and I think that's why this year is so important to kind of see who he really is. Will he bounce back um, from, you know, another year under Downing and then also the help of Tim Kelly? And I think that's something else, guys, we need to talk about is how much of a factor will he play into that? That has the potential to play a massive role in this offense. Last year, Brett, you remember when uh, Jim Schwartz is hired. And yep. We never, we still don't really know what Jim Schwartz does, right? He's just kind of there. Nobody no, he's Jim there. Yeah. About Jim Schwartz. He's just around mm-hmm. the building. He's helping. Yeah. Kind of the same vibe I'm getting with Tim Kelly right now. They're not even giving him a title at the moment, I don't believe. They're not Correct. really discussing anything about Tim Kelly, but he's there. Well, he had that same kind of impact as Jim Schwartz. There's a very good chance. There's a very good chance, especially in the passing game too, I think, because they know the running game solidified. If they can, if Tim Kelly can come in with Todd Downing, who, like I said, is a big tight ends guy, they can figure out how to properly use those tight ends and open up the middle of the field, then it could be game-changing. Honestly, it really could. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to play a massive, massive role. And you saw the – I mean, the Texans had nothing on offense last year. And you saw the way Davis Mills rolled in and just actually looks like a pretty good NFL quarterback. So, I mean, it's a, if he comes in and he can do the same thing with his offense, I mean, it, it can do wonders. It, Davis Mills, I was going to say the same thing. You saw him slice teams up week after week. Slice um, the Titans up. I mean – Listen, I know this is probably a hot take for most of Titans Nation, but here we go. The Titans lost AJ Brown, Julio, Julio Jones, and Anthony Ferkser as players that played a lot, and and Don, Deontay Foreman as players who played a lot last year. They gained Austin Hooper, Chigakonkwa, um, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, and Tim Kelly. And I think that's a better situation Dude. for for Ryan Tannehill than just A.J. Brown and an end of his career, Julio Jones. And I don't know if people are estimating, too, quite how good Chica Cuanco can really be, I think. I mean, one, he's massive. And two, at, even at his size, he ran the fastest 40 time of any tight end at the combine. And three – I know not everybody was there for OTAs and some stuff you can film, stuff some stuff you can't film, obviously. But from what we were allowed to film and all that, <laughs> he looked really good, especially down in the red zone. So Chig, I mean, obviously I'm not calling out anything, but I'm just saying if he finds his groove, can play a massive role in this offense. You're preaching to the choir. He was my most desired play, player in the mm-hmm. in the draft, I think. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're you're completely right. I mean, this the the I would say overall the potential. Uh, of of these of this offense is is high. Um, it's just a matter of putting all the pieces together. Uh, I think Tim Kelly helps put those pieces together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think, and Austin, you said this uh, the other day. Like 
Austin Hooper being a safety valve for, for Ryan Tannehill, he didn't have one of those last year at all. There was no safety valve on this roster. So for him to have a quality safety valve and Austin Hooper who can make some huge plays the same and in the same regard, I think those are those are things that are going to be impactful uh, for the offense. All right, let's talk about that group for a second. Um, the tight end group. I think arguably no position group on this roster has more clarity about the personnel in their roles within the within the offense than the tight end group. Agreed. I think I think we're going to see that. I, I'm with you, Chris. You said earlier. I think three tight ends make the roster. I don't see. Uh, Bradley Moore, Tommy Hudson making the roster. I think it'll be Austin Hooper, Chig, and Jeff Swan. Bradley Moore is a UDFA that we really liked uh, last year before he got hurt, just knowing kind of the t- skill set he had coming in. Uh, would love for him to to make some noise. But, yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely those three and probably just those three with Tory Tory Carter on the roster. Yep, Swaim's your blocker. Aquanqua yep. will be kind of your, your speed guy. Give it to him in open space. Again, where I think I'm – We'll get Johnu vibes from him. Um, that's our hope, at least. And then Hooper kind of be your do-it-all, primary red zone threat has kind there, of guy. Has there really still, been a, a tight end say, like Hooper? I still say more more Delaney than Johnu. I see a lot more Delaney than Johnu. That's a fucking win. <laughs> that's yeah. the case. All right. I'm, man, I'm telling you, man, if that tight end group can, if that tight end group can get going, I yeah. mean, I'm telling you, man, it, that's what gives them as a major key for this offense. Um. Yeah, and I think I think they did it last year, and I, I would fully expect this. Uh, if there's three on the roster, there'll probably be two on the practice squad. Um, you would think Tommy Hudson probably sticks around in that regard, probably probably more, mm-hmm. but there could be a shakeup there too. You know, so I think they'll they'll be probably five, at least five tight ends in the building. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Austin. I don't see, I see three making the roster. Yeah, I don't see how any more would make it. Um, and if they do, I'm kind of – I don't know. I just don't see – there's not another guy like Chig on the roster on the, in the tight end group that would, that would make me say, okay, you got to have both these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not a, uh, a situation where you have like an Austin Hooper and a, and a David Njoku like they did in Cleveland. You have to have two of those guys on the roster. Um, I did I did forget about the the um, international player. Um, do you have oh, him yeah, on that's right. List? He'll be on the practice squad because he's pretty much a, a free spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas o- Oda something, um, but he'll be on the roster, uh, I would think, because he's that free international slide that they've got. Um, but yeah, I'd, Brad, what are your thoughts on just the tight end group in general? Yeah, and and the how the roster shakes out. Yeah, dude. I mean, like I said, I, I really love, I, I really do love the tight ends. And that could play a major role. Um, I mean, three quarterbacks um, for sure. Uh, I'm probably going to say three running backs, maybe four. Man, I don't know. Uh, that's a telling piece. That really is. I, like you, like we talked about before. Before we hopped on here too. Okay, if you if you keep six wide receivers, does that take away a DB? Does that take away uh, a tight end, or does that take away a running back? Or if you keep an extra running back, what's it take away? So it's, I mean, these next two weeks, honestly, and like we talked about the, the window that the Titans are in, these next two to three weeks are going to play major, major implications into what the, the, the roster could look like really for the whole year. Yeah, totally agree. All right, so probably the, the biggest question mark on this roster right now 
is the wide receiver group. And then we know how vital that is on the football team. Who, who is wide receiver one? Who's Robert? wide receiver one? Who is your guy that's going to, to be your steady, give the ball to him? There's a lot of question marks. I think, right now, I right think, now it's Nick Westbrook. I think knowing that he's coming into training camp fully healthy, your, your wide receiver one is, is going to be Robert Woods. It's Bobby Trace yeah. for sure. All right. So let me run through here real quick, and let's let's kind of talk about it. Uh, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook-Akina, Kyle Phillips, Des Fitzpatrick, Reggie Roberson, Racing McMath, Josh Malone, Brandon Lewis, Mason Kinsey, Cody Hollister, Jawan Green. I didn't say him. Josh already. Malone, if they keep six receivers, there's a good chance Josh Malone could be wide receiver six. Maybe. Where's it? Maybe. I, I kind of feel that too, but like, where's he fit in? That's, because, yeah. All right. So, so your three locks Bobby Trees, uh, Traylon Burks, NWI. Nick Westbrook. Uh, right. Yeah, I think, I'd say, I'd say, I think based on how glowing they were about how he practiced and everything, unless he just regresses, Des Fitzpatrick's probably making the team. Oh, and Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips is more than likely making the team. There's five right there. Six is going to be guys that that actually show up in preseason who ball out. So that's going to be your Reggie. And and play special teams. Yeah. McMath. Yeah. Mason, Mason, Cody Hollister. It's going to come down to those three guys. Was yeah. it was it the New England game last year when I was Cody, Cody Hollister? Cody, if Cody Hollister, Cody Hollister is the longest tenured wide receiver on this roster. If Cody Hollister <laughs> makes this team, I will be depressed. <laughs> no offense, Cody Hollister, but man, I just feel like there's a uh, a lot more talent uh, that's uh, should Brandon, be ahead can you of even go, Can you even go sign anybody at this point? Who do you go sign? Golden Tate. I mean, no. I mean at this point, like it's the NFL, right? You're, God no. You're hoping for, you're hoping for significant growth and uh, progress in your, in your second, third year players, right? So, right. They've got to be hoping Dez is is the real deal. If he's not, it's a it's not a good look because it's a fourth round pick. You got to be hoping Racy takes the next step. Was he fifth or sixth? Uh, Racy was a sixth. Yeah. They both. Well, they kind of like Racy too, because he, got, I mean, they he do. got some action yeah. last year. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of that was because of injuries, right? But right. I mean, that's a guy that like has all the tools. He just has to put it all together. The height and the body is definitely there. Yeah. Um, Josh Malone's kind of the same way. Like, has the tools. He's just never – he's been – he's just old, older at this point. Like, well, and he's what is he, 27? Yeah, uh, it's his third team. Yeah, third team, I think fourth or fifth year in the league. Um, he made some nice plays in OTAs, though, in minicamp. Again, like I said, I'm not going to get over the side because it's minicamp. And you also got to remember, like, there's probably – I hate to say it, there's probably going to be an injury in that in that room somewhere. Yeah. Um. So – you know, hopefully there's solid depth that they have a couple guys that'll, you know, be ready to go on the practice squad when the when all that rolls around, rolls around after the 53 is established. Uh, but It's wild uh, to think, too, man, because, like, last year, at this time, the depth of the wide receiver room, I felt so good about. And now this year, like, I mean, I, we, there was Chester Rogers. There was 
Julio Jones, there was uh, Marcus Johnson, there was AJ, you had NWI, you just drafted two receivers. It felt a lot more comforting than what it does right now, if I'm being honest. And that's a good group, but it is. injuries hit every one of those guys you just named. Every single one. Dude, because Marcus got hurt, came back, and really played kind of good for those two games before he injured his hamstring again, then had to be out for the year for the second time on IR. But like, like you said, injuries was just the killer for it. We've said it a long time, and it's it, we're going to have to keep saying it, but you don't want to compare Traylon Burks and A.J. Brown because they are two different things. It was two different situations. But they'll always be tied together because you are trading your superstar wide receiver because he didn't want to get he didn't you know he wouldn't take a pay cut and you didn't want to pay him, so you draft a guy who is almost like him, almost identical to him on the football field, and yep, you expect him now to be just like him in a sense. I don't think you know as a rookie, we're not we're not going to get that right away. No, and it's impossible. And if he does, oh my god, that you know J. Rob's a genius and should win you know executive of the year. Yeah, but he caught fifty AJ fifty two balls and over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns as a rookie. If 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 Traylon can even come close to that, it's a win in itself. I mean AJ was a, Traylon, a, was a pro Traylon, a rookie. Yeah, if Traylon's rookie year can be like Corey Davis's best year in Tennessee, I think that's probably a win. I'd agree. A year in which Corey Davis easily should have been a thousand yard receiver, minus a couple drops. But I mean, he was dealing with other stuff at that time, respectfully. Right, so, so I got a question for y'all. Am I crazy for thinking that even with AJ gone and Julio gone, they upgraded the wide receiver room? Hmm. I don't maybe, know if you can answer just, that yet. Maybe just the pass catching group as a whole. I think can if you, you factor in if you factor in all pass catchers, yeah, I think they did. Because I think there's, I think for a quarterback who likes to spread it around, he has more valid targets than he had last year. Is the wide receiver room better? I think absolutely not. Um, but I think the offensive. The whole, all of the pass catchers on the offensive unit is is a better situation than last year. That's fair. That's fair. More talent, more talented. I don't know. I mean, we don't know what Traylon Burks is going to be. Right. Um, I think based on potential, I think AJ Brown was your your only real like true high potential player last year mm-hmm. that was young, and now I think you have two of those in Traylon Burks and and Chuka Conqua. Dude, uh, I, I don't. I don't want to overlook Robert Woods either, man. That guy's a stud. Oh, absolute stud. Uh, I'm extremely excited about Robert Woods. Like, if he doesn't tear um, his ACL last year, probably a ninety percent chance he's not in Nashville right now. Because yeah. he continues to ball out there, and they give him a probably a, a a new contract. Not what he, not massive money, but. So, I think we can all on the same page about that. In those six wide receivers, that six one will kind of be who, who plays better in the preseason. I think Reggie Roberson could be that guy that we kind of fall in love with in the preseason. I haven't put a I haven't put a a, a name down yet of who we might fall in love with. And maybe it's Kyle Phillips. I think we know he's making the roster. But like, uh, you I'll, know what? <laughs> no, it's going to be Mason Kinsey again. If I see one more Mason Kinsey tweet <laughs> from Titans Twitter, I'm going to lose my mind. Hey man, should have been. He's, just, he's like Tyrone Calico. Could have been the best few, ever. 
specific Titans fans out there on Twitter that know what I'm talking about and know who I'm talking about. There's but when there's one guy who will not get off the Mason Kinsey train, that I don't understand why. In in reality, in reality, I think that that Kyle Phillips is probably a good answer of, of who everybody's going to fall in love with because they are. But Buck Rising talked about it today. He's still getting likes on the Kyle Phillips footwork video that he put out the first week of May that went viral. And he said it's up to like 25, 26,000 likes on it now for a eight second footwork video. That's wild. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a good chance of, of who the fans might fall in love with. Kyle Phillips would be what people want a Mason Kinsey to be. Or if you see, because I mean, this, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This guy's route running. is freaking awesome. But I think the moment the fans see him make like one of those stutter step and cut and get like a good 20 yard gain, that's, what's going to set it off. Especially uh, if the pass is from Malik Willis too. So, so with with Kyle Phillips being talked about here, what's the slot situation? I mean, That's you kind of think question. it's you kind of think it's probably NWI right now, but is he a slot I'm guy? An NW, I'm an NWI guy, man. I am. I like NWI. I mean, he's he's a dog, right? I mean, he does the dirty work. He like he grinds. He gets he 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 just gets. He gets shit done, but he does he's earned his spot. He what? He's earned his role. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. But I don't know that he's a slot guy, and I don't know that he's the guy you want in the slot. Could Kyle Phillips come in and take that right away? I think that's what they want. Will he? I don't know, but it might be like week six, week seven. But I think that's what they want. Or will we see some massive resurgence of Des Fitzpatrick? And he's the guy that man saw when he drafted him, and it's a lot better. These if Des Fitzpatrick is better this year, the Titans are in good shape. I think so too. I totally agree with that. And I think, I think knowing how his season ended with you know them raving about him, you know, practice player of the week, and and just being being overall like just making huge progress throughout the season. I think that speaks volumes about his work ethic and where he could be coming into this season. I I have a question, and it could come across as a hot take. It might come across as a question. I don't, I'm not meaning it to come across as a hot take because this has nothing to do with Derrick Henry. Okay. But are we sold on the run game? Because we have no idea who's playing left guard. We have no idea who's playing right tackle. Nate Davis, we know he can be phenomenal, but he hasn't quite played like he did his first two years in the league. Lawan looks like he's getting back into old form. Ben Jones is, is a very good center, but he's a little bit older now. He's signed a new two-year deal. It's probably his last two years, so maybe get one more contract after that. So, again, it's nothing on Derek, but are we sold on the run game for what's in front of Derek? I think more than anything in the Derek Henry area – scheme is going to be extremely important this year. Yeah. Um, I think not only players on the offensive line making plays, but them being schemed in a way that helps them make plays is going to be really important to the run game. Like, I, more than – I'm sorry, Austin. More more than ever, uh, this might have to be a year because, I mean, obviously, Derek Andrew, I think, is better off the tackle. Obviously, we know how good he is in open space. This might be a year, like you said, Chris, scheme-wise, that you're going to have to put him on the outside more than you maybe you would like. I mean, if you're inside the 20, obviously you can put him up the middle. But, I mean, I'm talking like 
your midfield 30, 40 yard line, you, you, you take him and you push him directly at Derrick Henry, or I'm sorry, at Taylor the one, and then you let Derrick Henry do Derrick Henry things from there. I'm glad you brought the the lineup. I know I mentioned that the wide receiver group may be the biggest question mark. It's without a doubt the offensive line. Um, just because like, bro, you have two new starters, you have five yeah. new starters overall on offense, and and yeah. your, your two new starters are um, possibly one's a second year player, and then the other is, is a is a guy that possibly Jamarco Jones that has we little no to no starting you know experience. Experience, like dude. We talked about Desmond Patrick needing to take that jump. Dylan Radins is the one who needs to take that jump. Like, there's a good chance I think Des makes this team still, and obviously Dylan too. But and I and I love this comment out of John Robinson today. He said this to the media: uh, Dylan Radins has made good progress this offseason. He's one. He's he's one of the first guys in the building every day. Now, what does that really mean? I mean, anybody can be can do that, but to see him actually embracing his new role of, hey, I'm I'm going to be the starting right tackle, and I'm going to show you guys why. I love that mentality of it. So um, if if they can get improvement out of Dylan Raidens and this Fitzpatrick this year, the Titans' offense will Massive. be as, as much of a question mark as we think it is right now. Okay, so if, totally if, that, if, if that wide receiver core pans out and all that, if the running – excuse me, uh, offensive line pans out like, like it possibly could, that goes right back to where we started the podcast and – what are you going to get out of Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. And what can he do with this offense? That's why it falls on him. That's why it's so it, – it, it, we can talk about each player, why it's so important, but it's why it goes back to 17. It all, Every it, time. It always go back on 17. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you, go, if you go 10 and 7, again, another winning season, 95% chance that gets you into the playoffs. You lose first, second round. 10 and 7 is not going to get you a first round bye. I mean, I mean, it's you get to the playoffs to be, what, six years in a row now? They're not in the playoffs of winning seasons. So, like, at that point, like, I mean, do you, do you give another contract? Are you tired of just, you know, hey, we're almost there, and you keep trying to get new guys around them at that point? Is it like, okay, it's it's time to take another step up? I've uh, I've talked about it. And I think I told you guys this before. I, I've, I'm, I'm still in on the Eric Flowers train at left guard. Why, you know, they never went and looked at a more experienced guard than Jamarco Jones. I don't know. I still think Eric Flowers – could be that guy and, and kind of give you more solidified um, experience and, and more confidence on the left side with, with a guy like that who's got a ton of experience under his belt. Um, so that was my my kind of free agent crush at the time because I know how how you know desperate the Titans were. Uh, yeah, I got yeah, I agree. I I do hope there's just some healthy competition there. Um, you know, b- between Jamarco Jones, Aaron Brewer. Um, I, I think that there's potential that we they'll push each other and we might get the best situation out of that. But yeah, Austin, I'm with you, like bringing in some, some, you know, a guy like Eric Flowers or, or someone that's actually done it in the league uh, for, for significant stamps, I think would be, would be more valuable than what they kind of have right now. And I, I think now at this point, it's, it's kind of that ship sailed. I think they would have done it by now. Yeah, I think so too. Absolutely. So you could pencil in Lawan at left tackle, most likely Jamarco Jones at, at left guard, Ben Jones at center. You have Nate Davis at right guard, and then most likely Dylan Raidens at right tackle. It's just such a it's a questionable group, and they have to we just kind of have to see how it plays out. And you have guys and, behind them. you have your your NPFs um, back there as well. 
I, I don't. Oh, you know, but for some reason, I didn't even think about that. I don't think you'll see much of him this season. And um, I think he's going to be nice your primary guy, swing. I think he'll be your primary swing. Um, the uh, Nate Davis is on an expiring too. Let's not forget that. He That's a good point, Chris. That's a great point. Next year. I can't imagine. Corey Levin's on the roster too. I mean, I I bet you, I bet they let Corey Levin be part of that that uh left guard competition. I mean, Daniel Munyer's been here for a while too now. Yeah, he yeah. has a little time. He's had some injuries and stuff too, right? Well, hey, dude, uh don't forget about Aaron Brewer still there too. He can play multiple spots on the offensive line. If you look at the tackles on the roster, I think I think Aaron Brewer's coming in as the Expected starter, right? I yeah. think he's. I think he's your expected starter at left guard right now. I think Jamarco Jones is is you is coming right. in as to push him and to steal the job from him. But I think they're probably looking at at it. You know, it's Brewer's job to lose. So, do you think then if Ben Jones goes down, they'll obviously they'll swap Brewer over and then they bring in yeah. Jamarco Jones. I think Brewer has to be your your primary backup at at center. I do. I like. I kind of like him at center, honestly. Yeah, I would. I would I th- agree with that. Munier, Munier's had snaps. He can play at, center. At center. Yeah, he can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. Uh, another n- nugget that I'm looking at here. Um, outside of Lawan, obviously he's you know going to his ninth year in the league. Um, everybody else in the roster, tackle wise, uh, Raiden's is the most experienced with with going into a second year outside of that the rookies or first year players or second year players so i mean that that pretty much that pretty much tells you it's it's dylan's job to lose Um, yeah what you drafting for it was a high second round pick yeah yep and that's and that's why you draft a guy like mpf too right to to push a guy like dylan uh hopefully mpf is as good as advertised and can potentially take over at left tackle next year or the year after, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now it's I think it's it's Lawan and Dylan on the outside going going into the season. I agree, and then obviously you have Morgan Cox at long snapper and Randy Bullock, big dick Randy back there. Who <laughs> was solid last year? He should be back. Especially, I mean, Chudak's on the pup anyway, so that kind of helps Randy Bullock, honestly. Yeah, I was about to say, he's not really going to have any competition uh-huh. because of because of um, Shudak. Is that how you say his name? Chudak. Chudak being yeah. on, on the pup Speaking list of, coming uh, in. A pup. Brett, I think it's important to note that for the first time in a long time, there's no you know big-time superstar mm-hmm. on the pup list. Your, your, your most profile guys is – LB three, Imani yep. Rice. Yeah, it's and huge. I think the I think the biggest person that or the 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 biggest thing, I don't know how to word it, but uh, the biggest name that's not on it is obviously to me is Caleb Farley, and I mean like when I was out at OTAs minicamp, I think it's a one A and one B with him and Robert Woods. Yeah, like dude, Caleb Farley has I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say lost weight, but he's gotten himself into fantastic football shape this off season. Like you can tell, and there's something different about him walking around the practice field. Like he's got, he's got, he's got this aurora around him. Yeah. Dude. Like you can tell when he's walking on, like last year, you could tell either in camp or then in the Buffalo game, when he got hurt, he's a little nervous. Didn't necessarily know if he was in the right spot. Now dude, like walking around the practice field, even like, even if he's not talking to us after practice and he's just walking off the field back into the locker room, 
you can tell the way he's walking. He's got that feeling about him that he knows that this I mean, is his time. Christian and I think Fulton that's, has that's that too. So, yes, he does. And that's and so if, huge. If both of our defense. starting outside corners have that same swagger, I'm Bro, all and, for it. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, and uh, you guys know this, but the speed that Caleb Farley possesses is insane. There's not gonna be many, there's I not going to be many people that can outrun him down the scene. I, I I think there's a very good chance he's one of the top three fastest players in the NFL. Dude, he is fast, fast, and and if he can have just if he can have half of the ball hawk skills that Kevin Byard has, he's going to be a lockdown cornerback in the NFL. Farley's compared that with Christian Fort. He's low key one of my favorite players on the roster. Dude. He has the potential, and he's to barely, barely played. Absolutely, barely played. But it's just, it's the potential. Like you, yeah. if he if he it's is there, he is, it's the potential is there. He, he could be a top and, five corner in the league. Yes, yeah, in oh, the I league. Think, I think top three, top two. Half, he's got yeah, that half, in him. Halfway through this season, top two, and we he ain't two kind of situation. <laughs> you know, halfway he's through this that. season, dude, we could be talking about him and Christian Fulton as a top three yeah. duo in the entire league. He's got I mean, that, and, and let's. Go ahead. He's just got that Jalen Ramsey dog in him. He does. Yeah. He really does. But he, he's a lot more quiet than Jalen with his mouth, but with his play, yeah. dude, it's right up yeah. there. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. Um, Facts. But let's not forget Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley on the outside and a guy who we saw vastly improve throughout the season, Elijah Bolden at, yes. at Nickelback. Yes. That is a hell of a cornerback group. It, he was the potential, defensive player that everybody fell in love with last year. Because that, that sack he made in Tampa Bay, he was the defensive guy everybody fell in love with. But, yeah, I agree, Chris. I totally agree. Well, and then uh, you, you just throw in the best safety duo in the league next to him and Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker. And, there's no bias there at all. Hey, man, I, and how sick is it? That are, the are they not? I mean, is, is it not a valid argument? That is huge. The outside media will say, no, they're going to give it to Poyer and Micah Hyde, but I'm, I'm with you. It, if you. If you look – at them together, Chris, I'm with you. They're 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 top three. Yeah, but people are going to look at at the at the Bills and I uh, know missing another team out there. I was talking to a, to Blaine the other day. One of one of the if not the best cornerback in Titans history, and he told me that he always loved Imani Hooker, but he said the play that he made when he picked off Joe Burrow in the playoff game last year, where he came out of nowhere and intercepted that ball when it was like an inch off the ground. Mm-hmm. From and it, it is, it's different hearing this from a former player that was like one of the top guys in the league. Blaine said when he saw that, there was a flip that switched in Blaine's head that said, "Okay, that guy right there has got something that a lot of guys in the league don't have." And if Amani can continue to make plays like that, and and Kevin Boyano, Kevin Byard, I mean, you're you're right, Chris. I mean, it it can really be the, the best tandem in the league. I'm not gonna lie, that kind of gave me chills uh, hearing that <laughs> Blaine Bishop. So that, I mean, yeah. I lo- I love Amani Hooker. I think I think he's definitely a guy that he's one of the next, probably the second one to get paid next, right after Big Jeff. I was about to say, um, yeah, dude, dude, and it's it's so good. The Titans have already started talking to him about it too. Agreed. So good, and I hope I hope they pay him sooner than later because I don't, yeah, I don't want that contract going up and up and up because uh, I think he's just going to get better and better. And 100%. let's also let's also remember that he's been in the league for what? This is his fourth season, right? Dude, he's like he's like six years he's 24. old. Twenty-four. Yeah, he's like six he's years old. Dude. Yeah, he's, he's younger than most rookies. Yep. Like, yes, this is a guy that that still has a Tons decade, of ball lift. a decade in the league, man. Like, hey, 
Bayless it's Jones, crazy. who just got drafted, who just got drafted, is 25 already. Never played it down in the league. And how old I, did you say he was, Chris? 24? 24. He's 24. Yeah. Listen, I could talk about this defense all night, but I do want to save it for next week because we're going to be – I, I know. <laughs> yeah. so we can yeah. talk about it all night. I'm, I'm very excited about what this defense can be this year. Um, we had high expectations for them last year, but I think this year they can be even better than that. Hopefully um, next year. And hopefully by next week we'll have a contract signed to talk about too. So, fingers crossed. Um, all right, I do want to finish with this. I kind of just want to get y'all's feelings at first glance. All right, we've talked about it before. But let's talk about it at first glance. The Titans' record in 2022, and I think after after the roster is officially done, we'll, we'll give our final prediction. But like, top of your head, Chris, without thinking, gun to your head, what's the Titans' record? Eleven and six. Okay, Brett. Ten and seven. I'm going with you. Ten and seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's going to come down to like the last four weeks with Indianapolis. It's funny because in in our in our final predictions going into the season last year, I was one game above both of you. <laughs> I was I, I was at 13, 13 and four. Y'all are at twelve and five. I remember. <laughs> and I think it's just because the schedule, man, it is so tough. It is. It is, bro. It's such a tough schedule. But Look, I think people I, forget, and I tell I tell a lot of people this year after year. Teams that were good last year will most likely be bad this year and vice versa. And could the Titans be one of those teams that were good last year and be bad this year? Very well so. It could be us. It could be the Titans. And I think think fans, this is not the year to buy into that media hype of, oh, they're not talking about the Titans enough. Do not. They're underestimating us. I promise you, this is not the year to do that because they are going to – Look over you. They're tired of talking about the Titans. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. You're the one seed last year. You did nothing with it. Yep. It doesn't matter how many times that you you at, yourself, at some point they still don't want to talk about you. At some point, you got to give them a reason, exactly. a reason to to 100%. believe in you, and a reason to talk to you. And you start and that's just off, the, the team hasn't done that. If you start the season off four and zero, five and zero, then we'll get to talking about you. But until then, hey. it'll be the Colts. It'll be uh, the other yeah. seven AFC teams that are 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 on paper better than you. Las Vegas, I, Denver, San Diego, or excuse me, Los Angeles. Why did I say San Diego? Los Angeles. So, um, something I wanted to get off my chest that I, I I've seen on Twitter about. Oh, don't sleep on the Titans. I, this is not the unit. People are going to sleep yeah. until we wake the Titans. Wake. You've been scrolling through Titans Facebook too much. I try not to. The, the the I do th- I do think one thing with obviously we'll make our our final predictions with with the schedule and stuff but I think that the key thing in like thinking that there's going to be a decline this is a this is a team that has a culture um, yeah and Mike Vrabel Mike Vrabel and John Robinson have worked really hard to build that culture and I don't think it's a culture that's ever going to settle for losing. So I think while, while there could be a decline and even, you know, a a game or two, whatever it is, three games, you know, uh, from last year's record, the, the key thing is I don't see this being a losing team. Like I think this is a team that's going to have a winning record when it comes down to it, because I think the culture is there to keep that stability in place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now is it, is this a team that's, Going to lose four games last year, four games less than last year. Sorry, yeah, lose game, lose four games less than they won last year um, because they lost AJ Brown. Like I've seen predicted on Twitter today, probably not. 
A.J. Brown is not worth a four-game swing. No non-quarterback no. in the NFL is except maybe Aaron Donald. He missed how many um, games last year and they won 12 games? Yes, exactly. That, 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 that and that's my point. The, the, the one, one or two players are not going to be the difference in in the Titans losing, you know, having a, a three or four-game swing either way. It's going to come down to the the total chemistry of the team, the total culture of the team, and hopefully this is a team that's that as we believe it is is constructed to withstand all of that. Here's here's where I not necessarily get concerned, but the Titans have unfortunately been known to let teams or guys have their breakout games against them. Justin Jefferson in the COVID year, uh, Zach Wilson last year. Kyler Murray last year obviously was not his breakout game, but like that's when you knew, okay, this Cardinals team could be really, really good. Uh, Joe Burrow the year before. The Titans obviously should very well win week one against the Giants. I think Dayball is going to be a good head coach. Obviously, the Giants don't have enough pieces left, but if you lose that game for whatever reason, the next week, Monday night, you're at the Bills. Then you return at home against the Raiders. Then you're home against, I'm sorry, then you're at the Colts. And then you're at Washington. So those first four weeks, man, if you don't get off to at least a decent, decent start, I mean, that's when you could really look at, okay, this team is going to have to get something going soon. Yeah. No, you're totally right. And when it comes down to it, um, a few of those that you just said are are must-win games. Uh, Yes. You you really have to get, like, obviously nothing's must-win in the first few weeks of the season, let's be real. But, you know, you kind of have to get that forward momentum early on. If you can beat the Bills in Buffalo, dude, that's that's a statement. I think I I think Buffalo and their fans are circling that game like we are so tired of playing the Titans. They have whooped yeah. their ass year after year. This is I want them I want them in Buffalo. I want this game right here. I love it. I think that Monday night game is going to be so much fun to watch. Um, the last two the last time I think that Buffalo was victorious was unfortunately and they shouldn't have been was when Nick Williams dropped that pass from Marcus in the Jesus corner. Christ, I'll never that is not a name I yeah, ever Jesus wanted to hear. Christ, I forgot <laughs> Thanks, about Brett. that. Brett. I'm sorry. Are you, talking about having a, are you talking about having a gut in your stomach? That one still gets me too. But it, like, yeah. but yeah, I'm with you, Austin. They're going to circle that game like crazy. If you if you if you listen to this, pull up the Titan schedule and and just look at it. And you look, and you're like, all right, the Giants. Okay, I mean they got some players. You know, you think they would win that? Buffalo, shit, Vegas. Shit, the Colts. It's 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 your division rival. That's always gonna be a mm-hmm. tough game at Washington. You you think that's a win, uh, but you never know. But it's one of those games. It's yep. one of those games. Uh, Indy, okay, at Houston. There's a breather. You think? You think? Here comes the gauntlet. Yep. Kansas City. Yep. Denver's, Sunday night. Green Bay, Cincinnati, Philly. You get Jacksonville. At L.A. The Chargers. Houston, Dallas, at Jacksonville. Dude, that back half of the schedule is insane. Like even those weeks that you're playing a Houston or a Jacksonville or a or a Washington, you're just like it's it's not even a breather. Like there's not a break yeah. in your no. season. No. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to especially to see how like some of these teams flesh out. Like right, the Denver Broncos should be a significantly better team. Um, yep. But it, it might not all work. Russell Wilson might not work there. You know, we we don't know what it's really going to look like until it happens. Um, so, 
Yeah, uh, it's dude, interesting. Another question you could ask, and I, I like this guy a lot, but, you know, is Brandon Staley going to make the right decisions? I mean, are the Chargers at that point in the season kind of like, okay, you know, I mean, they're obviously they're not going to fire him, but, like, at that point, are they out of it? Are they still in it? Are they winning the division? Because a lot of it's going to come down to him, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's – I mean, there's, there's question marks on every team. We're talking about the question marks for the Titans. I'm still not Zach Taylor, by the way, as a coach. I think it's all Joe Burrow. So that's all going to depend on how Joe plays this year for Cincinnati. I think that's just me. I know there's not one question mark, and that, that's there's not a question mark around, around this podcast. That's that's for that's facts. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening as always. Again, get us on Twitter at Second Victory. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, leave us a review. Raise five stars. Go at Jazz. Uh, boost us up. Uh, we'd appreciate all your support that you give us. Uh, week in and week out, and another season is here. We are 16 days away from the first <laughs> game in Baltimore. Guys, like I said in the beginning, football is back. We are here. Um, but again, we appreciate you guys listening as always. For Brett Batchelor, for Chris Carter, I'm Austin Nelson. Tighten up! Tighten up! <laughs> Tighten up! <laughs>